Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live from the United States, various parts of it, uh, all the way from California to Texas to New York City. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined by my co-hosts, Chris Warner, Jim Harris, and Mr. Jason Becker. Jim, we'll start with you, buddy. How are you today? Better than yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, uh, after 24 hours at least, it was a little bit of uh, something to sleep on at least. Jason, how are you, man? Same, man. Went on a, a good run this morning. Tried to, to sweat out the uh, the result from yesterday and, and, and feeling a lot better today, I will say. Good, good, good. Chris, how are things up in Del Mar? Yeah, mate, the glass is still half full, but I think only just at this moment in time. Only just. Yeah, and with every click and refresh of Twitter um, or Fox's talk, if you're, if you're into that... Uh, replicating cycle of self-hatred of a forum um depending on what you're into the no- the news and noise is just getting louder and louder um i guess let's just get it right off the top guys yesterday was a shit show of uh proportion that we haven't quite seen in a while a meltdown that seems to be something that um is a cycle that is just a replicating thing and it's getting worse and worse um Southampton, uh, of course, we'll just sum it up right away. Uh, lost to Southampton now puts us all the way down at the damn bottom of the table um, and in a position that we haven't been in quite a while. Game started out um, very promising, I thought. I mean, we literally looked really good. Um, the 4-3-3 was clicking. We were attacking at all sides. It allowed us to really press. Um, James Madison scores an absolutely beautiful goal. So there are positives. Um, but Jesus Christ, Chris, like, holy cow, man, just help me out here with because from then on, it was a meltdown. Mate, it was one of those performances that I would say was busy, but lacked any sort of productivity. You look at all the stats, 75% possession in the first half. We don't have a shot on target. Second half, we score. You always think with Leicester, that's a catalyst for positivity. Let's go get a second. Let's go get a third like we used to at the KP. But it was just almost as if we scored and then we gave up. We just invited Southampton in. They came. We had no response to them. And it was shocking, Matt. Absolutely shocking. I don't know who to blame. I think the players were at fault. I think the manager is certainly at fault for that. But at the same time, it was just, it was just busy without anything. And it was just so frustrating. It was one of those games that I, I can't think of a more frustrating game in recent memory of that one. Like that was there for the win. It was there for the taking. And just it was the epitome of this of, of Rogers' Leicester. Like it's there, but it's just not quite there. And yeah, just so frustrating, mate. It's tough to tough to uh beat pissing away a two goal two zero lead uh to brentford honestly but i'll be damned if we didn't find a way to beat that jason um just a shit show of a saturday dude yeah like i think chris you've hit the nail on the head there was a lot going on like there was it was a busy game certainly for like the first you know out until the madison goal uh, there was some nice little like link ups and, and play but there was you're not going to win a game if you're only one shot on target like I don't doesn't matter what you do on the pitch. You're just you're just not going to win. And you know there was no reason I think to for this for three weeks in for this to be to be the first time that we're playing four in the back and to play this setup. Um, Ioze clearly you know 
needs some time to get back up to you know league match speed. That's a big difference from from friendlies. So this is his first chance out there starting. Barnes's first game back from from injury, and we're playing another you know formation. So so a new formation that what they were playing. So we went back to what we were doing during preseason, and again, just you you've got guys who just aren't firing at on all cylinders yet. And um, it doesn't matter what team you play in this division. Uh, you, you're just not going to get results if you, if you can't set your team up or, or can't put out a lineup that, that's, that's ready to go and, and, and firing in all cylinders. Jim, did you notice a certain catalyst? Like, what did it seem to be to you, dude? Because, like you said, the, the first part was we were, it, we were firing, we are passing, but, like, there were no shots. Like, it was such a strange amount of football. We had 73% possession but we did nothing with it um aside from obviously the insane james madison free kick yeah absolutely um i think i like like chris and jason said we started really well i, I think the first 15 minutes I, I was pretty hopeful and then I, I think a change happened you know southampton were pressing a lot and we were being able to sort of break through a little bit and then I think Hassan Hootl did something which was sort of just go to two banks of four, narrow the pitch. And the only real width we had was, I think, Harvey Barnes stretching out on the left. You know, uh, Castagna was kind of, you know, first 15, 20 minutes, Castagna was, was joining in. And then for some reason that stopped. And and then it was just sort of sideways passing in the middle and we couldn't break it down. And we'd sort of do our usual go forward, go forward. Oh, like, oh, no, go back, go back. I've changed my mind. Reverse. And then... So fair, fair play to him. And I don't think Rogers did anything to adapt. And I don't think he, you know, it's, it's one of those where we've said before, you know, a number of times, no plan B, but there's not really a plan A, I don't think at the moment. And so, you know, we, we got a goal from a wonder goal. And I think we all were hoping, okay, right, let's get into this and get another and, and hold on. And you know, it was pretty quick that that fell apart and the, the wheels came off. Yeah, the KP erupts for good reason. That I mean, that angle for you to go for the outside pose to drive from where he was, like that is there are the the list of people that can make that. I mean, one of the the people in the world that can make that happened to be on the field in Ward's Prowse, but I mean, he's just a freak anyway. But dude, the just an incredible, just showing us again why James Madison is that one in a million. And holy, if Southgate wasn't paying attention to that one, so um, I, yeah. But, like you said, though, man, after that, it was just – it was stinky, Jason. Yeah, well, I think this game was a really good example of what we saw all of last year. We had moments of individual brilliance from mostly James Madison last year that I think papered over the cracks and, and some of the faults and the, and the weaknesses in the team. Uh, because if matters doesn't pull that out, then there's no goal, you know, they're not scoring yet uh, on, on Saturday. And we saw that all last season. Matters had an incredible year uh, production-wise. And without those goals, without him just making these great plays and, and, and coming through uh, as often as he does, um, the season could have been you know, a lot worse than it was last year. It, it's such a great point, man. Like, it, he kind of bailed out 
<laughs> Brendan on so many occasions. We also saw that when Vardy came back from his injury. I think Chris and I did an entire show on it on the fact that Vardy coming back from that injury and just the uplift that it provided the team that really saved a lot of difficult conversations that are now happening about Brendan's future, Chris. Yeah, I, I think I just want to, uh, I think Jim made a fantastic point when he talked about how Southampton changed the game after 20 minutes and went to that low block that we saw we were so difficult to break down. We did as a team in 2019, 2020, 2021. Like that was always one thing that we struggled with was breaking it down when a low block came. And it's now August, 2022. And we're running into the same issues that we observed three years ago. It, it's just frustrating, Matt. It really is. I, I, I echo your points about Madison. Without him, we wouldn't have scored yesterday. I, uh, he was the best player. He was the best player in a blue shirt anyway on the field. Um, but we're just papering over so many cracks. And I mean, we can talk about this podcast, but Amati again struggled at center half. And Didi wasn't the wolf that we know that we want. I think Perez was busy down that right-hand side, but didn't really do anything with it. And of course, when we've, we're playing like that, there's no support to Vardy up front. He's left on his own. And Jamie Vardy, at, what, over 35 now, is going to struggle in those sorts of situations. So, yeah, mate, it, Madison's goal was great. But I think, like, to Jason and Jim's points, it really did just paper over some of the... I think it's not only cracks anymore. It seems like chasms, almost as wide as the Grand Canyon to me at this moment in time. When you pair that with just the the rumblings and things coming out of, I mean, Brendan himself, the quotes that are coming out, guys, it's just got us at a point where, damn, it's uncomfortable. Like I made a joke, I, I tweeted out that, you know, it's got me digging through the 2014 shirt collection because it feels like we are. And, and I mean, this this year looks like the mid, you know, mid table bunch is going to be strong as hell. If you look at the, what Newcastle did today, um, it, right down the line, I mean, aside from West Ham. <laughs> Uh, I guess we could be, I think, well, we do have a point, but um, I think this is going to be a year where every freaking point counts and it's good. You know, we're three games in obviously, but three games that are very, very important in the long run of things, Jim. Oh, look at what Leeds did to Man City today. You know, I think that's going to be my only silver lining. I think I joked the other, you know, the other week that, hey, we, Brentford, you know, drawing with Brentford wasn't so bad because look at the result they had against Man United. Look at Arsenal, top of the league. Now look at Southampton. They came back from 2-0 down against Leeds and Leeds just beat Man City. So, you know, maybe we've just had a really tough start and, you know, Chelsea will just destroy them next week and ha, 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 that's really going to happen. But, um, yeah, like everyone has got stronger. I I think that we've sort of stayed the same. You guys have made a, an amazing point that Madison is Madison's goal was just, spectacular but it was the only unexpected thing that happened from our team the whole game and um it's kind of sad to say that you know you can just sit deep against us and we've got nothing and it, you know you just like you know a, you know a, an adult's holding a toddler back you know against their you know while they're swatting their arms at them and nothing's happening right um and i, I think you know marty chris said he doesn't he doesn't even seem to know where he is on a football pitch half the time um but you know i think we were all buoyant weren't we looking at the training sessions in the week and you know seeing wilf pulling off all those mad skills you know vesti flip-flapping against so but maybe it just shows how terrible our defending is that you know that's happening in training and we're getting skinned by you know 
our reserve players. And then so when we when it comes to the game, you know, Daka looked like a world beater in training this week, and he looked like he could he was made of a wet paper bag against the Saints' defense. And so I don't know what's happening. I don't, you know, Rogers said he didn't fault the players for effort, and I kind of disagree. They did keep trying, but they didn't really. He wasn't helping. He wasn't, you know, he was standing with his hands in his pockets for the last 20 minutes. I think probably every Leicester fan in the world saw his body language and it doesn't help the players. Yeah, man, it's fans. just, it's just weird. Like I, I struggle because, you know, it sucks to say that stuff about Dan and Marty, but the fact is Brendan's putting us in the, whatever the transfer lack of transfers or what have put us in this position. We shouldn't be in a position where we're trotting out Dan and Marty to get embarrassed and, and, and have to do this kind of shit. Like he should be on the back end of his, you know, helping coach in the back room and in training and be that not being stuck out in the middle of these damn games to be left out to dry. Like, you know, we can go through it. The fact that we could, we'll have to jump into it now, I guess, about the Fafana bullshit and and the fact that he he and Brendan decided it was good for him not to play. But even beyond that, you've got a player in what's going on with Cags? Like that's a national team center back. I mean, sure, we're seeing weird videos and stuff. I don't know. I I just think that this is that that Brendan or whatever is be, they're using you know, Dan as a scapegoat right now for some of the shit that's going on and. It just seems kind of unfair, Chris. Yeah, um, though. I yeah, I don't. I don't. To your point about we have two national centre halves. We have the guy who plays centre half for Turkey, the guy who plays centre half for Denmark. Both of them don't even get a look into the squad again. Well, on the bench at least. Um, I yeah, I, I we can the Fafana thing. We need there just needs to be a there needs to be a decision made. I think we can't do anything as a club until we decide yes we're going to sell him or no we're not going to sell him. It'll be good for the team. It'll be good for the manager. It'll be good for the fans, and most importantly, it'll be good for the players. They'll understand their place and understand what the squad is. Like we have to be decisive and just say yes or no. Like I'm on the mindset. I mean, Percy came out tonight and talked about how apparently he'd missed training a training session this week as well. It's not going to get any better this last week. We know this from his time at CDN where he not, I, I don't necessarily know if it was this aggressive the way he wanted out, but he definitely made motions and, and had interviews where he wanted out. And so all I ask from the club this week is just get it sorted. Yes or no. If he goes, he goes and we just do what Leicester do is we reinvest and rebuild. But we can't have this sense of pur pur purgatory where it's will he or, or won't he because I think that again contributes to those sorts of performances like yesterday Jason what can you shed on it any any shed anything on the situation I, yeah I um I, I I think we're at right now we're in a situation where Chelsea just have not ponied up the money that we get that we would want for him I think that it does seem like I I don't think there's a there are very many players who are always just unsellable. Maybe, you know, Barty, Madison right now. But if if another club is going to come in with a world record fee for any of our players, I don't think we would turn that away, right? And so the plan certainly wasn't for Fafana to go this year. I think everyone figured the decent thing to do would be to at least play out this season. We've been here before, though, right? We saw it with Mares. Mars went AWOL. We're able to get him back into the fold and, and keep playing. Now, I'm not saying that Fafana is 
is Mares at all. Uh, obviously, he's a bit younger, um, maybe a little bit more impulsive with his decisions, and he does seem like he has a a, a lifelong love of of, of Chelsea. Um, poor guy, but that's just uh, what we're dealing with right now. So it's gonna, it's going to be tough. Um, I'll also I just also wanted to counter. I know we've you know big big Dan hasn't had the 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 easiest start this year. And you all know how much uh, I love Big Dan as the cult hero. Um, I also offer that he is a um, national team uh, defender as well, and, and looks pretty, point. you know, darn good for his country, and um, and is a leader uh, on that team. And I think what we've seen from uh, like the Leeds performance today, what we saw from Newcastle, what we've seen from from Brentford this season, what we've seen from Fulham is that it's not just about the X's and O's. And I think that we're trying like to tactically figure out our way out of this mess. And sometimes what we need to do is kind of uh, reinstill that belief uh, in the team. Because uh, what we're seeing for th- with those sides is like a group of 11 players who are committed to the cause. And there's this bit of, you know, there's cohesion there. It's really difficult to do when we're constantly changing things and trying to kind of X and O our way, you know, to the solution. And sometimes that's not the way football works. And sometimes football is supposed to be an emotional game and it's supposed to be fun as well. And, um, and damn, it looked real fun at Ellen road today or up at, you know, St. James's and uh, we could use a little bit of that. And sometimes I think players need to be reminded of that. Certainly big, big Dan must love to play for Ghana because, you know, he, he does a hell of a job for them. So we know that it's a player in there and he has put in, you know, steady performances for us before. I think it's now a matter of time of trying to get these guys motivated again and, and, and try to bring back that self-confidence and, and belief in the squad. It's, I mean, it's tough though, because depending on what you believe and what you hear when you have a manager, I mean, shit, we can go right with the things that he said. It does seem awfully like he's you know kind of throwing a tantrum here because he didn't get you know the players or things that he wanted to do and now he's going to trot out anything to try and you know either get like again this is such speculations i almost hate even saying this but it does doesn't feel like when you watch you know jesse marsh having an aneurysm on the side of the field sprinting and running and then you watch brendan um you know embracing Hansen after the damn game. I, I don't know. It's just a vibe. And I can't imagine that the players, especially a player that feeds on raw emotion, like Jamie Vardy looks at Brendan right now and is anything but inspired because there's like, um, a, just a, a drabness of flaccidity, if you will, to his managerial style right now. That is very reminiscent of when Claude Puel, uh, was the last in charge of this club where it just was drab. And I think of, you know, Puel talking to Pogba and Jamie getting all pissed off at classic clip of where he's pointing back at Puel and Pogba talking after a match after we had just lost. And he's like, what the f- is he doing talking to him? Like to see some passion out of managers is I think what we could really be missing. And there's a lot of examples of it this year that are in stark comparison to what we're seeing, Jim. Yeah, um, totally, totally agree with everything. Um, I, I listened to the the BBC interview with Jesse Marsh after the after the game today, and he said that you know the big thing that he's done is he's come in, he's instilled belief, he's 
got them. He said, no one's going to outrun us. No one's going to outheart us on the pitch. No. So, and he, he was like, when he went, he told this anecdote about when he was at Salzburg, it was about results and results. And he said, no, the, the results come after you put in, you build the team spirit and you build the team ethic. And I think that's clear that putting that in place, if you, if you try your hardest and you're, you know, giving everything, you just lose to a better team. That's different than what we see, which is kind of like, like people not believing that we can hold on to a lead. People not believing they can, they can hold on to the ball. And then as soon as you get under pressure, you know, you're looking to the person who's your figurehead and leader to, to help you out. And if they're not there, then what are you supposed to do? You know, the, the fans looked to Brendan yesterday the players looked to Brendan and he wasn't giving anything back. And I think, yeah, as Jason said, it's about X's and O's and, you know, playing tactics and saying, you know, going and reading every, you know, inverting the pyramid and, and, and all of that jazz. But at the end of the day, you think about when we play well is under managers who have given us belief and given our players something that is, you know, cocky little Leicester, how dare they win? You know, I don't, you know, 2016, um, it's how we kind of fought our way to the winning the FA Cup. It's how we played under O'Neill. And um, it, it's how we played under Brendan when he first came in as well. So I don't know what has happened. Um, you know, Fafana, if he's going to go, just just go as long as he doesn't get to play against us next Saturday. Um, but I don't know. It's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like, you know, no one, none of us like doing this and talking about this, but I think, um we we just need to figure out something that's going to go on right now yeah it you got to sympathize a bit with with rogers when you see everyone else around the league strengthening this you know and and sometimes that new blood does reinvigorate the squad um so that there is some, something to that but we do know like this team with the players that we have is is good there's a solid team here and there should be kind of a cohesion and you know, people should be really looking to kind of play for one another. These guys know each other really well. I'm sure there's some really deep friendships amongst the squad. Um, you know, certainly to the guys that go back all the way to, to you know, the um, 2015, 2016 with Vardy and Albright and even, you know, longer. But um, look, this is the the hand that you're we're dealt right now. And there's something, you know, Obviously, things have been mismanaged. We we're, we're having a window that's less than ideal, um, but these are the circumstances, and sometimes you have to kind of play the the hand that you're dealt, um, especially if you're a manager who is very highly compensated, and uh, it's up to you then to kind of make the best and and make the side better than than the sum of the of its parts. Um, and I think that the fans, and I think I've said this uh, on the on the last episode. Uh, it's about time that like someone else or something outside of the club is a bad guy for once. And we're not just kind of bemoaning the the lack of transfers and the funds and kind of talking down the club and, and all that stuff. Cause that just really doesn't get anyone um, inspired and it kind of just, just, it sounds very self-serving. Um, but, you know, like take a shot at the financial fair play rules and call them bullshit or like, I don't know, just make a referee a bad guy one day. Or something like that and people respond the fans we love that stuff we'll respond to it he doesn't have to necessarily believe in that but we will and yeah well, you know, maybe, fire maybe, fire it's, maybe it's everyone gonna say we're gonna get relegated now and it's like okay screw you guys no we're not we're too good a team 
maybe that maybe that's what we need jason i'd like and yeah you're right we need something we need something like you know it's i feel like mate this is the major league bit with the you know cardboard cutout of you stink um you know yeah, go yeah. and get go and get on the uefa badge go and get michelle Plat. no maybe not michelle platine Wait. i'm not gonna put that image on anyone's mind yeah just like i don't know, just like find the the cunt of the week or whatever someone who said something bad about you and as i like put up that quote use that bulletin board material like throw it up in a locker room and make sure like the guys see it every day and throw a dart at it you know but not Something this podcast like <laughs> not this podcast we don't want to be back guys <laughs> yeah. but, but to your guys's point hasn't the fan base done that haven't we accepted that this was going to be a difficult transfer window we've resigned to the fact that we're not necessarily going to bring players in it's almost as if we're laying the foundations or kind of laying the, the pathway for Rogers to follow. And it's still, I still don't get why he doesn't want to embrace that. I think his yeah. comments pre-game, I know we're not necessarily talked about this, but during that press conference at the Southampton game, were wild again. He came out with a little bit more colour to the interview he did with, I think, Owen Palmer-Atkin on the BBC, talking more about how he was on vacation in June, calling players and persuading them to come to Leicester City. And then, all of a sudden he comes back at the end of the June to be told that there's no funds, no nothing available. I don't know if I believe that. I, wild, I can't imagine man. the club. That's I can't imagine wild. the club's done that. That just seems wild to me. And it, we, yeah, I mean, to you guys' point, I would love for him to come out and give us another thing to get around. And I think, unfortunately, Jim might be right. Maybe it will be a case of we're, we're too good to get relegated. Let's prove them all wrong. Yeah, I, I think that... The thing that we all know to be true is that we have a, a good group of players. We have, um, you know, a, a club that can be very, that has been very inspiring to the whole world that will continue to be that. And uh, and we have a, a good manager. I, I don't, uh, you know, his understanding of football is, is, you know, extremely high. Like he is a good manager. We've seen what he can do. Um, it's just, I think that's what's so frustrating about all of this because we know how good everyone is. Yeah, Chris, didn't we? I think we might, Brendan might have called in, or did we? Did we have a, I think we might have had a clip of something was saved for us. What was up with that? You got a call? Yeah, we, we had this, we, we said a few years ago we had this random voicemail line for people to call the US Foxes podcast, and apparently this morning, uh, this came along. So, I'm going to hit play now. Interesting. Well, no, they make big payout anyway. Hi, guys. Oh, um, sounds like you Brandon just... Rogers here. I just wanted to phone into the, the, the US Forces podcast and let people know that uh, the rumours about me are not true, that uh, I've left the club. It's a great football club. I'm not, I'm not going to be leaving them. And Well, no, they make big payout anyway. Wow, groundbreaking stuff here um, on the U.S. Foxes podcast. I guess that's uh, that's the first time. Jim, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I think Brandon Rogers had been drinking heavily at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. Some some incredible stuff there. He did have a little. Um, I did. I did note a little bit of uh, uh, Texas drawl mixed in with the uh, within that that Northern Irish accent. Interesting. He might have been having margarita or something. That that yeah. could be why. 
uh that was coming but um wow the show i tell you what it's just reaching better and better heights every time voice um one positive that we did see was the emer- re uh emergence of harvey barnes um first game back kind of thing i thought we might see a few cobwebs and you know depending if you want to be super critical but f- for what we did see it looked like route one through harvey um it, it looked like he was the way that we were running the entire offense through in fact you know we barely saw already get involved at all um harvey looks uh pretty dangerous what'd you think about him jason i love barnes man i love the way he plays i think even when he's not playing well he always makes goals happen so this was not bad it was his first run out he wasn't going to do all 90 certainly i think got a little tired uh in the second half and you know became a little more anonymous but he was out there he was involved he was making things happen trying to kind of link up play and play those little one twos uh along the wing and we're just a completely different team uh with his speed and his directness and um so that was a, the bright spot of the game for me seeing seeing barnes out there uh, that and and of course madison's you know individual brilliant brilliance but uh we are a little bit more of the Leicester City that we love uh, when a player like Barnes is on the pitch. Chris, your thoughts on Harvey? 100% agree. Um, he brings that natural width that we're all desperate for to see. With When when we don't have him the side, we typically play pretty, well, very narrow, and it, we struggle at times. And I think when Harvey's on the pitch, we have width, um, I think I'm looking forward to seeing how him and uh, Justin develop more of a kind of uh, relationship over the next, over the rest of the season. I think that's going to, that has the potential to to be very dangerous down that, down that side. So um, yeah, he was great. He's going to be, um, he, I think he'll be with him and Matters. Well, if not now, but will soon be the first two names on the team sheet every single time that they're fit. But um, no, it was great to see him back. And I think if he can continue to build from last season and add a few more goals, I think he'll be very, very dangerous as we as we go towards the uh, World Cup break. Jim, you agree with all of that on uh, Mr. Barnes? I do indeed. Um, yeah, him. Yeah, he, JJ and, and KDH down that left-hand side is, is exciting. I think we get him going. Jason's spot on. He... He was out. He he was out of the blocks. The first he was the thing that made us really good in the first twenty minutes, and then you know he got a bit tired. He kind of ran down a few rabbit holes, like he does. Um, I think there was that one where he could have crossed it, and Perez. You know, I think it's probably the first five six minutes. Perez was sort of screaming for it, and he, and I, I'm not sure what happened. I, I can't remember, but it didn't get to Perez. That's for sure. Um, and if we could get another winger on the other side. And just stretch the play. Just look at what happens when you stretch the play. We've got two fullbacks who can who can join in. They can, you know, the inverted fullbacks that we heard about so much in preseason. You know, get some wingers who can get out wide. The fullbacks can then come and run inside the channels, or we can cross them over because we've got guys that can do it. Um, I know probably not popular opinion, but you know, I'd like to see uh, Callum Hudson O'Doy come as part of a deal for Fana goes because I think he could give us that. No, he's quick. He's tricky. He might be a Damari Gray in terms of end product, but like we just need something different. That's adding some pace. We got such a slow team. I think Perez is probably about as fast as a hungover Sunday League footballer. Um, you know, his mind's as quick as Einstein, but his legs are about as quick as mine. And I'm you know my forties, so um, I, I think we if we don't get more pace, then we're not going to stretch opposition. 
Um, I think the other thing is on the recruitment strategy, we seem, I don't know what, I'm not sure what formation we you know, we have designed to match our recruitment strategy because we spent too much last, last year. I think that's hurt us a lot, but if you look at, you know, Ten Hag's problems, he's got players that don't suit his style at Man United and then are getting crucified and, um, how, like, what are we doing with, you know, we've got Daka for Vardy, but we've got Vardy and we're not even playing Vardy to his strengths. And he's what in the top, you know, top one strikers for me, but top three, you know, probably strikers in the top five, at least. Um, so why aren't we just keep building a team around him or building a team around our strengths? And it just seems like we're trying to play this sort of 19, you know, two, sorry, 2010 Barcelona, you know, double pivot. We don't have Xavi. We don't have Iniesta. We don't have, you know, Busquets sitting or whoever at the back and, and just locking it down. So get, get play to our strengths and, Put in someone who's, you know, mix it up a bit. We've got a pretty big squad and I can't imagine all of them are so terrible they don't even get a look in. You know, I like Callum Wright, had a pretty good preseason. He's a he's a sort of tricky, quick player. Give him a go. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a game on Tuesday and he'll score a hat-trick or maybe he'll get a game on Tuesday and, and fall over on his ass and, and look like he's a League Two player. I don't know. But give it, give something different and actually play with some speed, play with some heart and play with, you know, like intensity. Yeah. I, I yeah, we we're we love Lesser, right? Like the that fast that my team is the RAF, you know, like you know, that Ranieri line. <laughs> like we that's you know, people love to, to watch that type of football and it, it's inspiring, it's fun. Um yeah, we lose a little bit of pace on the right side when we've got Perez in. I, I will say I did appreciate his effort like trying to close down players uh we could use a little bit more of that um especially like high up the pitch so but it was his first game you know back in in first league game back and he wasn't hurt he was just it's just you're kind of like resetting again with these players after you like go through preseason get these guys like up to speed and then they're just like playing practice football for a couple of weeks and there's no way to keep a guy sharp um especially you know when we don't have you know two games every week um so it, it was kind of like you know aose was put in a position where he just wasn't going to succeed um on saturday and i think yeah that's an issue we need to like you said we've got to set up the team and set up these players to be in positions where they are going to succeed and just you know just not really doing that right now. And, and I think I think Jason, that's where that's that's where other managers do so well with introducing substitutes, and we've missed out because, to your point, we people got some game time in preseason, and then that's it. It's the first eleven and nothing. You know, oh sorry, that you know my best eleven are injured, so I can't do anything. That that to me is the you know Perez is not match fit because he doesn't get any minutes, or he gets two minutes. You know, like that that to me is the frustrating part of, you know, the management philosophy we've got right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's kind of using scapegoats as his excuses to get out of, you know, not being creative or figuring something out to to your point. Um, before we move on from that day, I think it's a good time, Chris, if we want to get ready for our uh, newest segment that we're going to introduce today. It's a new segment we're going to run called Match Days with Ollie. We've got a dear friend named Ollie McLean. He goes to every match home or away over there. Thought it would be cool if each week we could get a little minute summary from this legend of a human. 
uh, telling us about his opinion about the match day um, and giving Americans a little insight, uh, just a little insight each week into what um, an away day is going to be like or a home day in this case. Um, Ollie's a legend of a human. So without further ado, Chris, let's uh, debut the first ever match day with Ollie. Hey, Matt. Hey, US Foxes. Hope you're all well. Quick summary of that game. Wasn't great. Pretty much lost for words, but uh, fans did well to get behind them. First half, first, first 35 minutes or so, but as soon as we scored the first goal, we sat back. We let them let them press, let them play. It led to their goal. Their fans were shit, as they usually are. Um, yeah, we did our part. They couldn't do theirs, unfortunately. Um, as something needs to change, I think I think it's fairly obvious that something's got to change. I don't know what. I just hope it's soon. Fafana didn't seem bothered at all when we scored. So if we get 80 million for him, bring some new players in, bring some talent, bring some excitement. Um, hopefully we'll get some more excitement back in the stands. Oh, but we go again next week. We go on Tuesday, Stockport. Should win that realistically, shouldn't we? But you never know. But you've got to keep the faith. Up the city. Up the foxes. Legend. Thank you to Ollie for doing that. Um, yeah, basically. Hey, nice. He's the best. He's the best. And uh, I know that that was uh, new for him. So we really appreciate the effort, buddy. And thank you so much. And yeah, he's pretty much echoing everything that we said, guys. Um, something, something's got to give. Uh, Jason, what do you think, man? I know you're you're a big Ollie fan as well. Yeah, man. I think um, you know we could all do with uh, a little reminder there at the end of his uh, his reminder there at the segment. Is, you know, keep the faith, and uh, you know, you keep keep backing the side. You know, this is good. This is a rough patch. It's kind of not what we're uh, what we envision this season to be like. Um, but you know, certainly for a lot of the newer fans out there, right, who who weren't around and. Um, you know, b- before this latest Premier League er- era, there are going to be tough times. Um, every every club is going to have that. Um, and it's still early in the season. There's plenty of time to kind of get things right. Um, and But there's one thing that, that um, is always true, and is that like, the, the games are just a lot more fun to, to be at. Um, they're a lot more fun to watch uh, when you're, you know, kind of united with, with your other fans there and, and, and backing them no matter what. That's exactly right. Great lead in too. I guess uh, let's move on and talk about Tuesday. <laughs> that time again when these now we haven't played in the second round in a while. So, uh, but here we are. Uh, Stockport, Chris. Thoughts? Have you been? What do you? What do you think? So, my, I have never been to the ground, but I've seen it many a time when I go on the train up north. Um, I think I went to the pub across the road from it. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those weird games where. We need to we need to win. And I know it sounds daft, but to everyone's points, this podcast, we need something. We need a momentum. We need that kickstart. We need that just sense of instilling. This is what it's like to win again. So I think it. I think we go and we play a relatively strong team. I think you'll see the Sancho. You'll probably see Vestergaard. I think to you guys' points, I'd like to see Perez get some minutes simply to continue to build his match day fitness, get him in contention at least for Saturday. Um, but yeah, I think, no, look, going away to these teams is going to, the first 10, 15 minutes is going to be, uh, they're going to be all over us. But I think we'll, we'll we sh- well, we should win. 
Like we ex- we should expect to win these games, but um, I think for for a round two game in the League Cup, it's almost like a must win because we've just got to get that winning mentality back and and set the seed as we move forward. Absolutely, and and these matches are going to be pivotal. And I know, guys, we've you know we've had our differences with players before, and we've said things before about players. AOC is a perfect example, but man, we got to get behind these guys because situation our club is in right now, we're going to need uh, the Spanish magician to pull his shit out. So let's get behind him and kind of, you know, let, let's get these things going, Jason. Cause I mean, these games are very important now. Yeah. This is like a, a really good opportunity to kind of have one of those kind of cult, uh, favorite, uh, cup matches like i think back to that game at bury uh where it was just like wild and like people were running on the pitch it was just like an old school game joe dodu scores three goals it's just like it was just like one of those or just like everybody was just like what is going on this is like wild and you know we could use a little bit of that a little throwback there and 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 something like wild or some some player to kind of uh you know put in the performance and get everyone buzzing again. If it's like one of the younger players that, that hasn't got the look in. Um, I think that this is a really good opportunity kind of, you know, to add some excitement. Let's see some of these younger players out there and let's kind of get people, um, get people buzzing again. Yeah. Great chance to remind ourselves we're a premier league football team against a team like this, Jim, um, you know, and see some of these, uh, see some of these guys remind themselves just the quality that they are. Hundred um, percent. Got nothing. To add, nothing to add apart from screaming dogs in the background. <laughs> I, I know that life. I know that life for sure. They're getting a chant um, going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so Tuesday, obviously Stockport. Let's get a nice result, and then uh, obviously the weekend uh, leads into Chelsea. And um, to your point earlier, Chris, or somebody made the point about you know. Fafana not being sold before uh, I think Thursday or Friday, he wouldn't be able to play against us. But uh, if it's going to happen, let's have it late. But yeah, the huge match on the weekend, Chris. Hundred percent. Their centre offs banned for one game as well after the red card today. So they're down. They're down another centre off in a position that they're vulnerable in. Like, but whatever we do, if we sell him, we've got to not let him play at the weekend because that will potentially be some sort of advantage that maybe we can take. We can we can utilize in that game. So is there? But, is there a midweek cup match for Chelsea though? That that band might just think be for so, that. So because right? they're in the Champions League, so I yeah, think, I think they, they go are. straight to round three, right? I think they're in straight into round three because they're in Europe. Or or Chris, it's another twenty million on on the price tag, right? <laughs> yes, sir. yes, bingo. Each defender that drops, add another twenty million. Bingo. That's the first thing I thought when I saw that red card come out. I was just like, ching. Our notes to quote our favorite dice. Come on, Todd, send the money over with your American style contracts. Let's uh, splash a little bit of that Dodger cash, asshole. Yeah, it's a favorite exchange rate right now. <laughs> if as a as a uh, San Diego Fox, uh, we absolutely hate hate with a blood red passion anything Dodger related. So this one's especially per- personal for the uh, San Diego Foxes as far as a hatred of Todd Bowley um guys then uh yeah so i i think that you you lead into a match uh sunday that has such an importance and you know looking at tuesday can be looked at as an advantage or a disadvantage an advantage if we do find a way to get on track put in four or five goals look really good um that would be amazing leading into a match that chelsea's going to be pissed off now and going into there so hopefully we can get a good 
Results um, against Chelsea. I can't really think of any other Chelsea points. Anything from you boys? Uh, aside from you know what will happen on the pitch, I would just say here in New York, um, anyone is around. You know, we 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 love for you know to get a big group together when we do play Chelsea. They probably have the biggest group uh, at our bar at Football Factory. So we need to show up. We need to. We we usually don't have a problem. You know, out singing them, out chanting them, and and making a better atmosphere. But uh, man, it's always uh, it's always extra sweet when there are a lot of us uh, showing up against them. It's always the best. Shout out San Diego Foxes. We had 12 in the bar. Uh, some first timers came out with their new jerseys that they got. They were talking about, man, I ordered this and it was here in two days. And I was like, welcome to the world of DHL, baby. Uh, so shout out to those guys. It's so great to be growing the groups. Shout out to the Philly Foxes again, the DMV Foxes. You guys had some great meetups once again. Um, please, guys, keep getting those groups together. Bring your buddies, bring your cousins. Uh, invite them into the family because the more that we grow, the more that we can create those awesome environments that Jason was just because tell you, there's nothing better than singing a fan group out of the bar like Chelsea. And uh, there's just something special uh, about it. Yes, that's my my weekly DHL plug. Uh, big fan of them. Um, on that note, any final notes, Chris, that uh, you want to get anything else? Yeah, I, I think we'll end on a positive and talk about Vardy 2024. Um, I mean, great, great news came out just before kickoff Saturday. I think kudos to I know I know me and Matt on last year's podcast. We were rate praising the Leicester City video video department for some of those training ground videos. I think kudos to the, the social media team for the whole rollout of the Vardy contract. I thought that photo with 2024 and the the balloons behind him as he's sitting on the chair and his boosts was uh, was fire, to be honest. I wish we'd rolled out the second, the away kit at the same time. That would have seemed like the perfect opportunity. But no, all in all, um, Jamie Vardy can have a contract for as long as he wants a contract at Leicester City. Um, he will go. He is he's an incredible guy. I think he's done. He's yeah, he just he deserves everything. And thank you for him to stay in another couple of years. And look, I mean, he's signed. And I think Vardy's the sort of guy that wouldn't sign unless he thought he was still good enough. And so I'm excited to see what he can do these next couple of years um, as he kind of reaches that end point of his at least his kind of career inside the UK. I don't think he'll play for another UK team. I think he'll maybe come across the pond and head up Jason's way potentially. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just fantastic news that he signed for another two years. JV nine, man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, truly there did, this doesn't happen. I mean, outside of your, you know, Mark Nobles and <laughs> Casper Smichael, we thought, but I mean, it just doesn't happen, Jason. How lucky are we to, to, to just have that man? Yeah. And I'll just kind of just, I always have to remind myself not to take a striker and a player like him for granted because other sides just don't have this. And other lesser sides have never really had this. If you, unless you go back, you know, um, decades, right? Um, Vardy is probably the, the best player we've, we've ever had. I mean, he is phenomenal. And um, the, guy is, the guy is a hero at, at Leicester. And it just, um, we needed a bit of positivity, man. It was It was really great to uh to see that he's gonna stick around i know there are a lot plenty more goals uh in there for him so um just be amazing to see you know vardy still rustling opposing fans in 2024 would you have ever thought that you know back in like 2013 
uh, or, you know, 2014 and all in those years, you kind of think like, oh, he would, he would have left. He would have gone to an Arsenal, gone to one of those clubs, but he didn't. And any time that ever came up, he just uh, reaffirmed his commitment to Leicester City. Man, you got to love that. Jim, any words on JV before we head out? He's the best. Love him. Very thankful we've got him. And I'm um, going to go and have a party later to celebrate his new contract. Go dump some Skittles into a big old bottle of vodka and take a slam. I hope he comes out with uh, the Mohawk this year. Bring back Vardy, Mohawk Vardy uh, just as a celebration. That would be awesome to see. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. On that note, thank you, as always, for joining us here at the U.S. Foxes. Keep spreading the word. Throw a retweet on there if you feel like it. And like we said, keep bringing some people out there. Uh, the club put together, the Premier League put together a really cool 10-minute video. Uh, sell it, like, just talking about the top moments in Premier League history. And, of course, we were on there. It was just a really cool video narrated by Big Wes. Um, Casper's in there. Um, Jimmy makes It's just a really well-done thing. And uh, just a great goosebumps-raising video to remind you of where we were and uh, what we are and what this club's about. So times are tough right now, but keep those heads down. That's why we're Leicester. That's why... Uh, you know, we cheer for this damn club. So for Chris, Jason, and Jim, I am Matt, and we will see you next time on the U.S. Talk.